think I'm going to try this episode with no headphones. <laughs> well, when your audio is just a disaster. I think it's going to be fine. I can see the waves right now. This is, I mean, that's, I think this is good. So when you're in a really deep conversation, yeah. you're going to be sure to glance over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to glance. But what if this is like a bomb podcast, but then your audio just ruins it and we have to can it? <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Freddie and Alyssa show. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, all that fun YouTube stuff. It's the season of subscriptions. So it be is. sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're uh, watching on Facebook, like and follow. If you're listening on a platform like iTunes and you want to give us a five-star review, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. We've been putting out content now for three and a half years. We're having an absolute blast. I think this is episode 166 of the Freddie and Alyssa show. We're approaching our three-year anniversary of the show, and so we're just really excited that you're along uh, this journey with us, and we just appreciate you so much showing up every Wednesday and supporting the show, and we always try to bring you the most entertaining, inspirational, or educational content. Um, so thank you so much for that. Um, we have a really fun episode today. We have a lot of things to, to chit-chat about. Um, I know, do you, where do you want to kick the day off? What, what, how about what you're wearing? How about what I'm wearing? What you're wearing. Okay, well, I actually wore this yesterday, too. Um, but it's just a fun little princess dress. When we So we went to Disney Springs yesterday, which we'll get into in a minute. Did you get that specifically so that you could be a princess at Disney? Not really. You just had this in your dresser. I, I happened to get this. Or in your closet. Yeah, but I kind of knew. I was like in this no, new mode of, I want some princess dresses because it's really hot here. Yeah. So I was like, you know, let me get some baby doll dresses. And so I got this baby doll dress, and yesterday when we were going through security, the girl was like, oh my gosh, you look like a princess. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like Lady Gaga, because I think the hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now I'm Lady Gaga. <laughs> well, you definitely have the outlandish outfits. The outlandish? Yeah, you have like this big uh, orange one that's like a uh, Cinderella dress. Oh, the orange and pink one. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't that cute? Yeah. You, yeah. Don't, you don't like my wardrobe, honey? I love it. Yeah, I think I'm going to get back into fashion eventually. Oh, are you? Yeah. What what year do you think that would be? I don't know. I think it's slowly coming. It might be two weeks or two years, but you know. Two weeks or two years? Okay, so right now, if you decided that you were going to be into fashion, what would be your outfit of choice? Just jeans and a couple layers on top. A couple Some layers? Boots. I have everything. I just never... In Florida? Yeah, a couple layers. <laughs> like a hoodie. <laughs> Remember you used to wear the little skinny ties and the yeah. vest, the puffy vest, like Backstreet Boys style? A little bit, yeah. I was more into like the jeans and the beanie in the back pocket. Okay. You know, but but we'll see. Right now I'm all about comfort. Hey, comfort's a good thing. I think as you get older, you just, you want things to all work out. You want time. You want to save your time. You want to just be comfy. Exactly. Well, how did you enjoy Disney Springs? Okay, Disney Springs was, for me a blast from the past because I grew up in South Florida. So I would go there all the time when I was a kid, in my teens. And when we saw House of Blues, I about flipped because my girlfriend, Brooke, who I've known you know, for a very, very long time, she and I in our teens used to always go there. And just the other day, she and I were talking about this and we were like, remember when we used to go to House of Blues to all those concerts? Like, I, I have not thought of this memory in years. And so the fact that we went and I saw that, it came up. But what's really crazy is we, in our teen years, loved punk rock bands. Like, we were always going to all the concerts, Buzz Bake Sale, 
warp tour and we would wear our little like juicy couture mini skirts with a tank top and maybe it was you know converse sneakers the colorful ones or if it was a nighttime show maybe you'd wear like the pointy heels <laughs> and we loved it so for her i think it was her 17th birthday we went up to orlando we went to house of blues yellow card was playing and she actually knew someone from the band so they're like yeah come backstage it's gonna be so much fun but the kicker is that something corporate was also playing and brooke loves something corporate she loved them so much that one time when she was in high school in her english class the teacher's like okay everyone we're doing a creative writing class just write something that means something to you, whatever it might be. So she was sitting there and she couldn't think of anything. So she thought of her favorite something corporate song called Hurricane, and she just started writing the lyrics. <laughs> this is the best part. The teacher flipped out, called her and goes, oh my gosh, you won all of these awards. You have to come read this at the Slam Poetry. <laughs> she was like, I didn't write it, but she didn't tell her. But back then, it was so early on that teachers didn't think to go online and look something up, which is really, really crazy. So long story short, she loves something corporate. So we're there at House of Blues. It's her 17th birthday. We're so excited. And it was really cool to be backstage because it was the first time for me, like with a band, I saw the inner workings of what goes on. And I was so amazed that even beer bottles, they were plastic. Because you got to think all these rockers, everything that goes on, they don't have glass bottles backstage. Like imagine what a mess when people are, you know, drinking, going on stage. So I was so amazed by that. But then the cool thing is when Yellow Card was on stage, we started chatting with something corporate because they were all just hanging out and we were all just really getting along. And they're like, you guys should totally come. You can hang out backstage on the tour bus. And we did. And they were so lovely, so nice. But the funniest thing is I guess a fan brought them um, this hurricane drink. It was like a mixture. And so like we mixed it with like club soda, but we were sitting there having hurricanes. So I was like, how full circle is this? That she wrote the song, the essay to hurricane. And then here we were drinking hurricanes with something corporate who she loved. So yeah, to go off on a tangent, passing House of Blues, I was like, all those memories just came back and it was so crazy. <laughs> so the moral of the story is that plagiarism pays off. <laughs> Yeah, you get to hang out with something corporate. Yeah. Drink hurricanes. Or your favorite band. <laughs> Maybe that was a moment in time, though, because like, you're right. Now people can just Google it or you would know. Or there's probably so many programs that teachers will put essays into and the internet will find if it's plagiarized. Oh, you have? Yeah, because I think when I did um, online school for a hot minute, they would have this one website. They go, you have to get verified on this before you submit your essay. And that's exactly what it was. So you would copy and paste everything into it. And if they saw any little sentence that was plagiarized, they knew it. So back wow. then, no one knew. But now... <laughs> that's crazy to think, though, in the English language that there's millions and millions and millions of things that are written. Billions of things that are written. Mm -hmm. And we can like organize words in a way that's always different. But saying the same thing. Well, also, too, having a style. Like a lot of writers... Even I remember in Californication, they knew that it was Hank Moody who wrote that book. Based on his voice. Yeah. Yes, because you just you have a style. So it's that's really unique to think about, that all these different individuals have a style when they write because... You know what, what comes to mind too is um, my, my buddy Nate, him and I wrote a lot of scripts together and there's times I'll see skits online that he does or I'll see different projects and I can see his writing because <laughs> I know his style. Yeah. Like there's a specific... Um, 
symphony yes. to the way it it's written. Yes. And you can see that way that he that he writes. You can go, oh, you wrote this because I can tell just the the Interesting. beats, you know, and just the style of well, it. Well, and you guys worked together for years on stuff. We have a lot of scripts, yeah. Like a very long time. I remember you guys would always go get together and, I mean, different movies. That's where I learned. I learned a lot of my script writing from him because he's done it for his whole life. Mm. And it took me a while to be able to be the person who sits behind the computer and then writes. But I was the one who always paced and worked out ideas. But he was the one doing a lot of the typing. And then we'd talk about the scene and go, what if, you know, we'd improv the scene and take, oh, wait, wait, what was that? And so we wrote that way. Mm -hmm. And it took me years before I could sit down and write on my own. Um, so I just like talk through it, then I would write, talk through it and write. But yeah, I like to like work out the scene and then um, and then you and I found out the beautiful thing about writing scripts is that you just have to have a template. Mm-hmm. You pick three to five movies that are similar to what you're going to make. Like for instance, if you're going to make an action film where it's an ex-CIA agent who's set up by the organization and his wife is murdered and he's going to go and kill everyone and get to the head kingpin, that movie has been done one million times so just find five of those movies and you don't copy the story you copy the format Mm -hmm. so you go okay so you open up and then on scene two you're introduced to the character you learn about his wife you learn about his job okay so on our script we're going to learn about his daughter and you're going to learn about his woodworking capabilities then in scene three you're introduced to this guy who later becomes the bad guy so our bad guy needs to be introduced now so what's our bad guy like and then you start filling in your mm-hmm. own story, but with their template, where it's basically just a questionnaire. Page one, who is your characters? Page two, what's something unique about them? And then you have to put dialogue in. But the hardest thing about writing a script is just knowing what's next. Mm-hmm. But once you have that, you just plug it in and make it your own. Well, that's, I guess, with anything in life. If there's a system and you can follow it, which is exactly what you know a script structure is, it's going to work. And I think, too, if you have, like, say you're in the niche of rom-coms, if you are doing enough of them, and I mean, like, successfully, then you're going to understand the format as you keep doing them, and you're not going to have to keep looking at a structure. But if you're just starting, just look at what they do. Don't copy the story, per se. Just follow the structure, like you, just you said. You need to copy the structure. Yeah, that's it. You have to obviously have your own story, your own characters, your own problems, but yeah. it's just... You know, if you watch any rom-com and you know the formula, it's going to ruin it for you. But I'm going to ruin it for you here. But they always <laughs> say like page 70. You'll uh-huh. always see them getting together at a certain page. Then they have their like things are perfect and you know page 70 is coming, which is going to be, you were writing an article about me this whole time. No, 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 but I fell in love with you, okay? Like everything you learned about me was real, okay? Uh-huh. The, the things that we talked about, my dog and my mom and my child, that was all me. Yeah, but it was under false pretenses and I opened up my heart to you. Now just get out. <laughs> and then he leaves and then it's like this like two pages of like watching movies crying talking to the best friend looking at that little watch that he gave you or the bear he won you at the fair during the good times and then there's something that happens where the guy goes wait a minute and then he's gonna change and then he goes and wins her it's the same thing yeah. and if you want to see a true structure watch something like the tv show house hunters mm-hmm. you can't unsee it it is identical every time and this that's how they pumped out so many episodes yeah you look at it and you go they're going to do an opening they're going to do this then they have that one scene where they go and talk about it where they go and sit at a bar or a restaurant they either get coffee or wine and they go all right so what'd you think about house one well the things that and they recap it it is a formula and you just plug it in so it's all structure 
Everything. I was even watching this Hallmark movie last night. Um, I think it's called In My Dreams. It's with Catherine McPhee. And, you know, it's a Hallmark film. So I, I kind of know what I'm getting myself into. But literally, I was sitting there watching it and I go, man, things are going good. Things are going to, page 70 is coming. And of course they do. And then, of course, it's a happy ending. But you, you kind of know going into it, you go, I know I'm going to get this. I know what I'm getting, but I like that. Like when you watch action films, yep. you know what you're getting, but you like that. Well, we just finally figured out that that is what it is. Action films to me is your rom-coms. Uh-huh. Like I'm not interested in the rom-com like essence. No. Like watching just two different people with like made up jobs. <laughs> not to say that people don't work in advertising agencies it's or newspapers, but it's like agencies. always this cubicle thing. And it's like the newest, like if it's 2014, that office is the elite 2014 design of 2014. But you're going to see like all of that stuff. And it's just like boring to me. But action films, it's always a different fight sequence. It's always jumping on a plane, going underwater, like all this fighting and motorcycles. And it's like, it's the same formula. Yeah. But I get lost in it because I don't know how to do that. Hmm. So being in the industry, it helps me watch an action film. I'm like, first of all, I don't know how to fight. Second of all, I don't know how these, how are they shooting him running down a, a side of a building? <laughs> how are you blowing up helicopters in the middle of Times Square? So I'm kind of like enjoying the fact that I don't know how to do this. Yeah. A rom-com or a horror film or a drama, we can go shoot. Sure. We know how to do sure. that. Action, I'm still a little kid going, oh, wow. And I want to How be the lead guy. Oh, always, honey. You know, with action films, I feel for me, I used to, if I was going to watch them, I'd used to like to see it in a theater because you get that big experience. You can't really do that now. So if I watch it now, I'm just like, okay. Maybe that's why you don't care, though. You don't see yourself as, as Tom Cruise. You don't want to jump on a helicopter. You don't want to fight six guys in My the back. back of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you don't have interest. <laughs> I just like the da 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 da. They've been doing more female action films. Like what? Um, Peppermint. It was really good with. Um, she was married to Ben Affleck, Jennifer Gardner. Oh yeah, she's been really good in she's all. She's really good. Yeah. I just watched uh, Kate Beckinsale and Jessica Biel in Total Recall with Colin Farrell. Is that older? They were believable to me. Um, so, yeah, some some guys and girls aren't believable. I feel like they just put. I was like, you're just like trying to be action people, but there's some people that just I believe it. Who is? I was trying to think of her name the other day. She's so freaking famous. She's the tall blonde girl. I told her one time, "Oh, you're hot, Bia." Oh yeah, Charlie Theron. Yes, 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 yes. Um, she's great. She's an excellent, excellent action star. Yes, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. You know, it's funny for women in action, they have to be tall. For some reason, I believe them more. All those people you just said, Kate Beckinsale, Angelina Jolie. Uh, Charlie Theron. They're all like... Jennifer Gardner? Yeah. she tall? Gardner. I think Gardner. she's like 5'9". Hey That's Siri, weird. how tall is Jennifer Gardner? Jennifer Gardner is 5 feet 8 inches tall. Yeah. Isn't no that, yeah, way. They all are. Hey Siri, how tall is Angelina Jolie? Angelina Jolie is 5 feet 7 inches tall. Yeah. Hey Siri, how tall is Charlize Theron? Charlize Theron is 5 feet 10 inches tall. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Hey Siri, how tall is Kate Beckinsale? Kate Beckinsale is 5 feet 7 inches tall. It's <laughs> at least 5'7 and up. Isn't that crazy? 
Hey Siri, <laughs> who are the top female action stars? Okay, I found this on the web for who are the top female action stars. Jennifer Garner, Mila Jovovich. I don't, what is she in? The Fifth Element? I've never seen that. She does a lot. Oh, Resident Evil. Yes. What's her height? I don't know. We have to look her up. I don't know how to say her last name, though. Jovovich? I thought it was Djokovic. It's Joke, but I think Jovovich. Hey, like Siri, <laughs> how tall is Mila Djokovic? She's 5'9". This is crazy. How about Zoe Zaldana? Oh, she's tall for sure, at least 5'8". Ask Siri. Hey, Siri, how tall is Zoe Zaldana? Zoe Zaldana is 5 feet 7 inches tall. <laughs> you just cracked it. I know. I know these things. But but then there's guys that get away, like Jason Statham and Tom Cruise are 5'7". I know. It's okay. I know. I just think for some reason women on screen when they're taller, I don't I don't know what it is. Wow. But but you're right though for the men like Tom Cruise is. But when you have like Chris Hemsworth or Dwayne Johnson, sure, it's kind of like I wouldn't believe what about that. Wonder Woman. Uh, what's her Gal name? Gal Gadot. She's five nine. Right. Yep. Michelle Rodriguez. I don't know how tall she is, but she's just a badass in general. Pam. Greer? Who's Pam Greer? Foxy Brown? I never saw that. Michelle Yeoh. Cal Gadot's 5'10". <laughs> Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton's Terminator. Who's Michelle Yeoh? I don't know Michelle Yeoh. Mm. Michelle Yeoh, Kate Beckinsale. Isn't that interesting? Zhang Z. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Crouching should yeah, it, it's um that's a really interesting observation. The more you know. Well, you're five seven. I know. Looks like I'm the next action star. <laughs> I would get a divorce if you go became an action star, and I was the funny guy in the Office reboot that sits in the corner and can't wait for the pie to come on Wednesdays. I'm like yo, babe, guess what I learned? Stage combat today. <laughs> Doing somersaults and. Dude, Keanu Reeves, I believe him as an action star oh, too. There's good. a lot of, uh, yeah, Expendables were great. There's, I mean, there, action to me is just a, a true fantasy, where everything else just doesn't. Uh, I, I also like movies like The Big Short, Wolf of Wall mm -hmm. Street, like the building of an empire or the fall of one. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. I do think though, and that's what shows like there are differences between men and women. Because I, I like those movies, too. I totally do. But for me, if I just want to unwind, I'm like, yeah. let me just put something easy on. Let's put on this easy rom-com. I don't have to get my blood spiked. Yeah. But for you, you would rather watch action. That's like your comfort. Uh-huh. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It just has to go with your personality. There's a, there's a lot. There's a, um, a uh, I want to say he's a clinical psychologist. That's not right. Jordan Peterson, who's like the world-renowned yeah. internet guru, a um, lot of um, controversy around him. But the thing he talks about most is that he has studied his entire life the personalities and personality traits of people. Hmm. So he, he explains a lot of the things that we fight about in our country from 
from uh, the pay gap to genders to all this stuff. But his whole take is through personalities, how men and women are different. Hmm. Like there was one about like women are more agreeable. Most women are more agreeable. Um, and that that trait um, creates less um, asking for like raises. Huh. Or, or women are more drawn to things like nursing just based on – because some people will say the STEM field of like science and tech and math, there's not enough women. But he's saying personality-wise, men are, are more driven naturally towards engineering, science, tech, and math, hmm. where women are more driven towards like healthcare, nursing, teaching. Like there's just a different personality. Not all. Of course. But he breaks it down. I'm butchering this genius man. But his, his basic whole thing is that there's – there's traits in people depending on if you're a man or a woman and most of the time that's the reason that's why interesting. why we do the things we do and i know that working with people like i have a different feeling when i sit down and know that i'm going to talk to a man or i'm going to talk to a woman on an interview or we're going to hire someone or if it's a casting director or if it's a boss yeah. like even the energies when i was at days of talking to the female producer Hmm. I felt different than talking to the male producer. Like I felt the female producer was always going to be like, if she had some news to deliver, it was going to be in a more kind way uh -huh. where anytime I got news from a, a producer who was a male, it was more direct and like they cared. Sure. But it wasn't as like, there's just a difference. If I had to ask for time off, and they're always like, oh yeah, Janet's up there right now. I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go right now and ask. Right. Like you, it was just like, or if you're going to hire somebody. But you got to think too. Just a different energy of uh, men and women. But yeah. biologically, you got to think a woman carries a baby, can carry a baby, you know, for nine months, gives birth. You have that natural nurturing gene in you. Mm -hmm. Men, you you guys don't know what that's like. You never will. <laughs> We're just here to protect. Yeah, but yeah, that's just what you want to do. You want to take care. I think of your we have family. bigger egos too. A one. Like we have, we have to win. We have to compete. And there was, there's like this. Um, <clears throat> yeah, mm -hmm. I got it. And I say this so kindly, but I feel like men are a little bit more babies than women. Like, oh, I'm sick. I have a flu. I'm so ill. Help me. <laughs> really? <laughs> you 100% throughout my life, just things I've seen. Let me know in the comments if you agree. <laughs> so the women are stronger when it comes to that. We birth babies. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's... Y'all would freak out. And but the... you have to have some sort of pain tolerance difference, obviously, of because course. we'll never experience that kind of pain. Of course. No, not like that. I can't imagine. <laughs> like, women who give natural births, I am like, could, I could never. Unless, that's always been one of my biggest fears, because I think... This is what the movies have told me. If you wait too long, like say I my water breaks and I don't get to the hospital in time and by the time I'm there, I'm dilating, the baby's got to come and it's too late for me to get an epidural, then you have to give the birth naturally. Like I, there's a specific time. Window that you have to... Yeah. So, I mean, most women, it doesn't happen well, like here's that. Here's a question then. If you get the epidural, I've never seen a difference, again, just watching movies, the natural birth and the epidural birth. It's still the woman with their bangs glued to their face with sweat, screaming. So it's like, does it help? 
there's no pain, but you still have to push. So when they're telling you they're to in push, pain. that's the whole joke where the guy gets his hand crushed by, and he drops to his knees and goes, "Ow!" But I think because they're telling you push, push, like let me give I you. Think a, it's pain. Let me give you a story really quick. My mom gave um, birth to my sister naturally, so <laughs> you know my sister and I are a little different. Then my mom told me that she got an epidural for me, and she goes. When you came into this world, I was laughing. I was saying, the doctor, am I pushing? <laughs> so imagine the difference. So is this all just cinema? Of course that's it is. That's giving us a false narrative? Or maybe in cinema, they didn't get the epidural. Like, that's what I feel like I've seen and why I brought it up. Because it's these women who are like, it's too late for the epidural. <laughs> oh, so maybe they say that so they can have a dramatic scene yeah. that's more interesting to watch yeah. than like... Ooh, I'm sorry. I don't like cream. I'm so sorry. If I wasn't giving birth, I would. I just. I don't. I just no cream, please. Just black. Which I asked the first time. I'm sorry. I'm just giving birth. But then I think too, it's got to be a draining experience, and everyone's different. Because my sister was in labor for I think like 20 hours. So it's it's just a thing, you know. You don't know. Everyone's different. And my sister had an epidural, but it's still draining on your body. <laughs> giving birth. My God. More on that later when we know. Because I, I don't know. I have no experience, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be just so, so interesting. It's the it's the one thing, though. I feel like you and I have have adventured out a lot in life. We've, you know, we really, um, I got really big into, like, asking questions. That was one of my favorite sub-chapters in our book. I don't think it was an actual chapter. But one of the things to live by is just um, be nice, ask questions. You can't go wrong with that formula. Just yeah. be nice and ask questions. And I've always done that, especially the past six years. Like we even had a Zoom on Sunday and I'm genuinely interested in what people do for a living. And I just, I'm curious because you're going to learn something. Yeah. Like what's it like working from home? What's it like doing that job? What do you like about it? Why do you like it? What do you, it, by asking and genuinely wanting to know, you start gaining more perspective so that when you do touch on topics or have interesting conversations, you have things to pull from. Yeah. Oh, I have a friend who had a baby. This is why about the epidural or this or this person has a two-year-old. We have eight people who have two-year-olds right now. And you ask all of them their similarities and their differences. Mm -hmm. So the more you ask, you yes, I don't know what it's like to be a dad. But if you talk to enough people, you can get an understanding. Sure. And I feel like for us, all at once, we had people in our life who had babies. Mm -hmm. Like a big, there was just a big fluctuation. And so we've talked to everyone and we're learning and we're getting an idea. But but until we do, though, it's it's hard for us to speak on it. It's the one thing that, you know more than half of the people you meet yeah have an experience that we can't relate to yeah yeah and it's uh so that's going to be really interesting because now that you're like married and once you get once you have a kid you're just kind of like oh like now we have all this in common mm -hmm. with just person you meet yep where you're like oh you have kids too <laughs> you know everyone kind of <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's two years old he's two right Oh, just wait till three or whatever. Yeah, all that all that small talk. Can I just bring up my favorite thing? So we had your goddaughter's baptism and it was through Zoom, but I was cracking up because in the beginning, everyone's on the Zoom, you know, we're all watching and they're at the church. But Mila, who is Harlow's sister, so your goddaughter's sister, who's almost three, right before we were getting started... <laughs> It was like it was written from a scene. She just kept running. Right in front of the camera. It was his. I was laughing. Then had to go to the so bathroom after they started. It just it, children 
are the funniest little creatures ever because they're just kind of like learning and figuring life out. They did some sort of um, study where they had an Olympic um, runner maybe or Olympic somebody, someone in the Olympics, followed around a toddler and mimicked everything they did for the day. And you would just be so surprised on how draining you would, if you followed everything a toddler did, like if you and I, when Mila was doing that, had to run with her and then jump up on the pew and then down and then roll around and then jump up and then run and then walk up the stairs. And then, but like all day long, like we would probably burn So was the Olympic athlete, they were exhausted I think that was the whole thing. I heard that a long, long time ago, so I don't remember the details, but that'd be an interesting study of, of kids. But I think maybe that's why when we were kids, like I never grew up. Um, caring about what you ate, and I was always skinny, because I think we were just like what if I active. think about, I don't think I've ever in a week done what I used to do in a day as a kid who was like <laughs> fourteen even. Yeah, like you would go to school all day, you would go to basketball practice for three hours, you would come home, then you'd go meet up with your friends outside, you'd play football, you'd go build the fort, you'd go on a swing, you'd come home at nine thirty at night, like you were just always just moving, moving, moving. Yeah. And um, so that's why I ate whatever. Like you could eat chips and Taco Bell and ice cream. I think too that's why when you're younger, like in your early 20s, you can drink and still wake up and go do stuff because you have that young energy. But once you hit 30, you can't do that anymore. Like there's got to be a correlation of as you get older, that energy just kind of (laughs) goes away. There's something. I don't know what it is, but there's a distinct difference. Huge. Huge. But it's I don't just know what energy. And you growing growing up. But you would also think too, it's crazy that we start seeing aging signs at thirty. Because thirty is young. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean I, I think I think this is the biggest misconception. Thirty is young. Mm-hmm. Yes. But your gift, your miracle gift of youth itself disappears. Mm-hmm. Whatever that like extra little like Tinkerbell that's rolling around inside of you, giving you this like energy as a youthful person. Well, because you've also lived life a little bit to be burned a little bit by that age. At 30, everyone's gone through some sort of tragedy or trial and tribulation, like something. I think there's something like biologically that changes. Well, that too. Because I'm definitely, I feel 100% young. I don't feel any different, but I'm saying the youthfulness. But also, remember when we did our... um, I won't say where we did this just in case, but um, there was somebody who told us that when they went on their honeymoon, that they drank for seven days straight like an idiot, uh-huh. but was never hung over. And we were talking about that with our wedding, that we didn't really actually drink much our wedding night, but we didn't sleep much. And there was like a three-day period where when we did like drink the next day, you're such high mm-hmm. on adrenaline. Mm-hmm that you aren't sick it's like this weird thing that if you're on vacation and you wake up and you're on the beach you have this elated you know um or if you wake up christmas morning there's just something about that i think maybe that runs in you higher when you're a kid Hmm. and then once you then get into real life where you're like i can't even like i got things to do I, i there's responsibility like maybe we just had no responsibility or very little responsibility and but that's you just what have I'm more saying natural too. adrenaline or something. With the natural... Or you're hopeful. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I've never been to this restaurant. I've never been to a nightclub. Like everything was new. And then once you just like do everything in life, by the time you're 30, you're just kind of like, oh yeah, I mean, 
But that's what I'm trying to say about natural endorphins. When you're young, most things, like you said, there's no responsibility. You don't have to worry about real life. You're just like, oh, yeah, I'm in school. Oh, my teacher sucks. I don't want to do my homework. That's your main issue. You know, yeah. as I mean, obviously, every situation is different. But as a kid, sometimes, like, it, it's a different life. And you have your whole life ahead of you. Then in your 20s, it's your time to kind of dip your toe in the water, explore a little bit. And you might go, oh, I don't like this. Or, oh, this is hard. Or, oh, this isn't for me. And you just naturally, I mean, it's adulthood. It's yeah. adulting. It just is what it is. You have to have responsibility and grow up. And then if you bring kids into the mix, that's a whole new responsibility, too. Yeah. Which is why I think biologically our bodies are able to have kids young because I think when you hit a certain age, you're not able to run around the house and chase that toddler. But when you're young, you can. You don't have to sleep much. Yeah, you can. Oh, my God. That's the one thing a lot of my friends say when you have a baby the first couple years, if your baby doesn't sleep. I've had a couple who have had good sleepers, but, you know, it's all different. I I really think a lot of it. I think a lot of it is just is is hope. I think it's it's um not hope but like blind optimism. It's you haven't got punched by life <laughs> enough to um to be you know cuz I think that was the biggest difference when I was young like like the first time like somebody like effed you over, you were kind of like like stunned. But yeah. you were like, oh, "Okay, that was just a weird person." Then you start realizing like, "Oh, people are like kind of crappy." Mhm. And then you start seeing things of like, oh, this seems too good to be true. Where as a kid, you're like, we're doing it. This is, you're like, oh. Because so it is. <laughs> it is. So I think you just start getting more heady uh-huh. as you get older with experience because you're like, this person's sketchy. This person's going to steal from you. This person, this this is too good to be true. The price is too low on this. This is not. And, and so it's like you start getting a real um, idea of the world and the challenges. Yeah. When we were young, any idea we were like, this is great and it's going to work because we had nothing to compare it to. Where now we think about, we're going to go tackle something. We go, well, what can all go right? Mm-hmm. But what could go wrong and how do we mitigate the it going wrong? So things are different. But I also think if you can, you just have to work harder to stay motivated when it comes to your body, your health, and your like hopes and dreams as you get older. Yeah. But But it's way more rewarding in your 30s because we know who we are. Sure. Like in my 20s, I still didn't really know who I was. So it's like now everything we're doing, I feel like it's not just like natural. Like I bump out of bed and I'm like, ah, like, ugh. like I'm, I have that, but you have to like work at being more motivated in your 30s. Of course. But it's more sweet. Isn't it interesting too to think about that saying, like mom or dad knows best is so true because. Most parents have lived through it. They've seen it. They've done it. And this young kid, like you're just saying, ah, everything's working. I'm going to try that. The parents know. They go, we've been down this road. Or the mom might go, don't go for that person because I know that type of person. They're going to not be good for you. Like they, People don't change. It's just like new generations breed the same type of people no matter what it is. The human behavior doesn't change. Exactly. Like, you'll, like exactly. I, I even heard one day, I overheard somebody um, – you know, saying like, yeah, like, like I'm, like I'm kind of like dating this guy right now, but, um, but like he didn't write back after. Like, I was just overhearing this thing. I go, the fact that you're even thinking mm. that there, there's something here, just shows your age, mm-hmm. and that's what I think people mean. I, I was like 30 when I heard it. This person was like 20, 
<laughs> and I was like, I, I, I didn't say anything because it's none of your business, you know. But like, that's not I just want to say, I'm so sorry. I heard this for two <laughs> minutes. Don't ever respond to this guy ever again. Yep. Yep. Just don't. He is either doing something else with somebody else. He's only going to come back to you when that something else doesn't work and then wants yeah. somebody. And he's going to woo you. And then he's going to go do that again. Yep. And you're going to constantly go back and forth thinking that. And you're going to fall in love with him. But he's just kind of doing it. And you're going to get hurt. So save the time, cut it off now, hurt for two weeks, go find someone better. It's true though. But the, people are like, no, 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 you don't, you don't understand. It's like, I do, but go ahead and do it. It's I don't crazy. know what happened. I don't think they're together anymore. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's really funny how this uh, conversation snowballed because we started on Disney Springs, which I want to know that wasn't your first time there because we actually went there with your cousins before but what did you think about it and what was your favorite part well the the interesting part is that when we were there in the past it was like after the super bowl in the streets yeah i have never been in a place this was like five years ago um that was so packed Mm -hmm. to the point that when you told me we had a turkey leg here I go, whoa, (laughs) because it was so busy that I would never have recognized it. But once I then started seeing it all came back to me, now in February in 2021, there was nobody there. Mm -mm. You could drive a four-wheeler around and um, it it would be just fine. I really enjoyed the fact that they had, um, you know, organization. Everyone was super nice. They have masks. They even have a vending machine of masks. If you don't yeah. bring one, they do temperature checks. They've got the weight six feet apart. Everything's clean. The, the, the loudspeakers are reminding you to keep your mask on. Um, the only thing you can't do is um, drink or eat while walking, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer because if you're having a coffee, like I had to go and sit on a bench anytime you wanted to drink coffee. So they don't yeah. want people walking around without their mask drinking. I appreciate that though. Which is nice. And then we went to a restaurant um, and we got to eat and we just sat outside. So the whole thing for me is I was like, is this going to be safe? Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Like I'm totally going back. I want to go and see like everything about it. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I get it. But I, I, I also guess I just don't know. Like you kind of just like, it's just something to do. Yeah. Like it's just kind of cool. It's like a mall that is outdoors that also has like cool lego creatures and cinderellas and <laughs> well like so my fake whole, alligators yeah you like that at rainforest cafe my whole thing was you know we haven't really been out much at all so us doing this i was just kind of like okay let's see how it is and i felt so confident when you first get there there's this huge security area and like you said temperature checks, a big vending machine with masks. And, you know, they just wanted to make sure everyone was okay. And then what made me feel really good, though, is when we were walking outside, everyone was very much following the rules. You know what I mean? Like people were really good. And then granted, it's Disney. So people came on the loudspeakers. They're like, make sure you have your masks on, which everyone did. But then once I got there and we were outside, you felt like I just felt really good being there. And I even told you this. I liked hearing the music, having the scenery, just kind of having a slice of normalcy, but in a really great, safe way. But I feel like since you're not a Disney fan, maybe you don't care as much about like the, the princess. I mean, we weren't in the theme it's park, awesome. so it's different. I mean, it's great. I'm just saying when, it, when, when it's like other than, you know, visually stimulated, 
Yeah. There's it's it's not like you're there's nothing to do. Like you walk around and you look at things, but there's like a Zara. There's a Starbucks. There's it's like an outdoor mall, which I didn't know what to expect. And it's just it's kind of like Universal City Walk. A little bit, yeah. You're visually stimulated by the big gorilla. Yeah. You're you're stim- you know, you're like, oh my god, this big candy store. Or there's like those donuts that we had, which oh, were awesome. From Everglades. So the, the experience is fun. Um, for me, who I didn't know what to what, expect. What to expect. Um, it's just, it, but it's just like an outdoor mall and I enjoyed being out since mm-hmm. we, you know, I haven't done anything. So I do want to go back and I want to go explore and I felt good, like you said, eating and, um, yeah. we were and the I want to go to the rain, Rainforest Cafe. That's not what it's called. Yeah, it is. Rainforest yeah. Cafe. So Can when we I, go back there like Friday? I'm down. Cause it's free parking. It's free parking. And no this ticket. is, this is what else oh, is. Oh, there's free. no, it's free. Yeah. So if you're just going there to go hang out, it's like, well, CityWalk actually, you do have to pay for parking, like a lot. Like 20 bucks. Yeah. No, but here, um, and this is something that I've loved doing since I was a kid, is just kind of going and looking at stores. Now, I don't mean like a Zara and all that kind of stuff. I mean like the really specific ones. Like I saw there was a Christmas store. And I was like, this is so Did you go cool. in it? Of course. Do you watch my stories, babe? You were, I flick through. You, you were running around getting all of this footage, and that's when you're with the alligator at Rainforest Cafe. Uh, but I love, they have all these unique different stores, like Disney-related, just, just stuff that I like to do. You know, I love to look around and shop and whatnot. But at Rainforest Cafe, I used to always go there with my mom when I was a kid, and I would always get the ribs. And I don't think I've had ribs ever in my life since Rainforest Cafe, so maybe we'll go there and I'll get the ribs. <laughs> I think we should go. We, we got to go like in the afternoon. Uh, maybe Friday is not the best day. I feel like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday busy. will be busy. Maybe we'll go like next Tuesday or something. Yeah. And But the Rainforest Cafe has great food. The The ambiance is cool. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Like I want to go do something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, it was a good place to start. Mm-hmm. We left Benji home. <gasps> we did and he did so good. He did so good. So back in October was when we first tried to leave him the very first time. And we set up the Nest camera. And the second you and I got in the car, he was howling. He was crying. And we were just like, turn around, turn around, turn around. We got to get back to him. Since then, I feel like we've been training him a little bit. Like I would leave for five minutes. I would leave for 20. I'd go out and run. And every time I did, I made sure that he knew I was leaving. Because I think that's what scared him the first time. We gave him food and, and then we left. Yeah. And he was like, Where's my family? You know, and if we were newly moved into this new place. So this time he knew we were leaving. You left first because if we both left at the same time, he might freak out. And you were watching on the nest for like the first 20 minutes when we left. And he didn't cry, not once, but he just sat there the whole time by the door waiting yeah. for his parents. But he was good. He was so good. So we, yeah, we had me. I left like five minutes early and then I just left Alyssa with him. And then you did your whole like finger up, like I'll be right back. Yeah. So he just laid by the door, but it really helped. Because when we were even out, we were like, man, can you imagine if we had him right here? We oh, we wanted to sit outside, but they're looking at you like. <laughs> but but it's the it's the um, it's just to go out and have fun with masks is tough enough. Totally. Listening to rules, keeping your distance, you're already not able to just. You live know, in the moment. Live in the moment. Yeah. 
And then on top of that, to have Benji, who's not allowed in most places, who's barking, who wants out, who you have to, you know, and watching people. And on top of it, we're then shooting TikToks, YouTube videos, Instagram stories, trying to get the shot while holding him, while staying away. You can't do it. No. It's already tough enough. Yeah. Like, even having a camera bag and coffee and trying to work during these times was difficult. Yeah. So that's why we even learned, too, because we were like, oh, let's go there and get a lot of different content for different places, Mm -hmm. and it just can't be done. You, You can't go there for professional photos Instagram reel, Instagram story, Instagram grid, TikTok. Because the, the reason behind the that is blog. when you're doing TikTok, when you're doing YouTube, you have to shoot horizontally or vertically, which you're like, wait, what was I shooting? Why am I getting this footage? Oh, I was making a TikTok. Oh, wait, no, we need to get a picture. Let's find a good. It was just too much. Like too many different platforms. You're like, you just got to pick one or maybe two. Well, you, you, and that's it. it really taught me though, that the creative process is so much more. Like I always knew it was more, but when we tried to do everything at once, I distinctly, there, there's a, this is what makes, I believe content good is the story and the through line that you create in your head mm-hmm. and you're constantly scanning for the perfect thing. So if we only went there to take pictures for your Instagram, yeah, my creative mind is on with the camera where is a good shot for her where are the people not at that's good where's the sun it's behind the clouds there's perfect lighting go here click 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 all right that's good now she has this one that'll work but now i know those colors and that background so we can't do here it's too similar the sun's there now we have to move here you need all of that capacity to get two or three good instagram grid videos you can't at the same time while trying to put that together Think of a TikTok and something for the vlog. Uh-uh. I was using the example. It'd be yeah. like if Steven Spielberg, while shooting an A-list film, had to also go do TikToks and photos. You're in your mind yeah. the whole time. If you're there for a vlog, that's all you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. So we learn that we can't do all. Unless we do two, which we should, where we go there in the first two hours, you shoot the vlog. Then you have lunch to like relax, enjoy. Then you go shoot pictures. Yep. Then you leave. And then you go back to do Instagram stories are easy because that doesn't take, um, you're not crafting a story. You're just documenting. You're just documenting and it doesn't need, with a TikTok, with a YouTube vlog or Facebook vlog, you need a through story that keeps people interested in watching the video. Just seeing what we're doing on Instagram stories does not take creativity. No, but I think too what made it a little difficult to shoot for all these different platforms is it was our first time there in a long time. So we walked in not having any idea that if you go this way, this is where the house of blues and the restaurants are. If you go this way, it's, you know, more of the shops and cool Disney stuff. We had no idea. So we were kind of just experiencing it as patrons, just walking around, enjoying it. But then we're like, Oh wait, no, let's shoot that. Oh, let's get that. We didn't have like a content, creation plan schedule type thing we didn't really know so there was that and then also too um we were just shooting for all these different platforms which and and then on top of that the one i was doing was the four course meal challenge which that included a lot of oh we have to stop here and get this oh we have to stop here and get this it wasn't just like a normal like oh yeah let's show this there was a lot that went into it yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really a um, a dose of, um, you know, and I'm I'm really excited because I'm gonna make a video. I even t- my cousin uh, Sheree wrote me 
and she's like oh my god she's like you were at disney like like what's gotten into you and i was like <laughs> i was like well we, we were there to shoot videos and she was like well what do you so like i am I, I hope today if i have enough energy at the end of the day i want to make that video of what is content creation and how do people make money and how does it work yeah because i think a lot of it you know, if, if you're just like, oh, you make money from views and like it, I want to really explain it. Yeah. And it's a real, it's a, it's a business. It's a, it's a true business. You know, it's like if you and I were going to make our own wine and we were at the distillery or the grape vineyard and we were like, oh my God, like you have to have the perfect grapes and, and like, but if these grapes have a little of this in it and the sun's not hitting it or the water's not good, but if it's this tall or if the wind's blowing this way, it doesn't work. If they're not done in 14 days and people are like, oh my God, like that's that's so interesting like wow but if you're talking about content you're like oh you couldn't get a picture without the sun in your eyes oh you couldn't get a video like there's a lot of that yeah and i don't know the disconnect between hmm. like why there's like a stigma on which i don't care i find it more interesting and i'm trying to enlighten people on right like, people aren't just like taking a picture and then you just like pay them millions of dollars it's like the there's an art for 99% of people like acting yeah very few people stumble out into LA and go oh I'm sorry is this the gym they're like no it's the casting office for the next Steven Spielberg film and you look great here's a million dollars all right it's more likely people are out there for 11 years struggling before they get their big break sure same thing with content creation but I want to bring light and get rid of the stigma of like the influencer or like going viral so self-fulfilling it's like no there is a beautiful amazing business that's never, there's nothing easier, which is not the right word, but nothing easier than content creation as a business. If you were to put any kind of business you could ever think of on a board, content creation as a business is the easiest in the, in the sense of the working parts of it. But two things. That's to us because we enjoy creating. Some people might not be creative and they go, oh my God, I have no idea what I'd shoot. Yeah. So that to us, it's because we enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Um, however, I feel like the stigma too, because you kept bringing that up. There is this account I follow called Influencers in the Wild. And it's you can imagine, but it's people capturing just ridiculous people taking ridiculous yeah. photos like I, that's the stigma of just just like crazy stuff and not crazy stuff to get the most amazing shot you're just like really and that's the, where the stigma comes from or the or the idiot people who during the protests would go and grab a drill and pretend that they're helping rebuild the business just yes. for the photo yes but yes. it's the same reason of why people have bad taste in their mouth about real estate or mm -hmm. about, about about network marketing totally. or about online courses or about acting or about singing or about agencies or the list goes on because there's always going to be a percentage of people who are dirtying the industry yeah like how many producers like there's a lot of things being talked about in hollywood like producers are like you know they abuse their power and there's all this i'm sure there's a lot but yep. there's also a lot of really good people who are just of normal course. nice awesome people who aren't taking advantage but my point is when i use the word easy is it's it's not that i'm choosing it because it's easier i appreciate how many how less how many fewer working parts there are because you and i have created a product we have sold a product we have done network marketing we have done different businesses mm -hmm. and in comparison now the one thing i've never done is released 
a building and sold cupcakes or something out of it, which I can only imagine is on the hardest, yeah, hardest yeah. business you will ever do. So many working parts. With content creation, you get the exact same experience of creating, of marketing, of sales, of everything. And it's just a handful of people and everything is digital. And the product that you're selling or marketing is entertainment. Yep. People get to most of the time watch it for free. So it's not like, oh, we're, we're sending out this new cell phone called the iFreddy. And people are like, oh, it doesn't hook up to my Wi-Fi. I need a refund. I don't like the way the buttons feel. This one's defected. The shipping was late. The customer service was rude. The manufacturing shut down. The shipping shut down. The, the, the new law and regulations in place that it can't. Apple suing you for a thing. The apps won't work. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. Making a cupcake store. The ingredients. How much are the ingredients? Now the distributor doesn't know. Now the manufacturer doesn't do just this flavor. Now much. we just found out that this red dye is not healthy. Now we have to recall. Now the 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 zoning. Now now the the c word hit, and now our business is shut hmm. down. Now they're building a parking garage across the street. Now my billboard isn't being seen. Now the market. It's like with content creation, you take a video, and you shoot it, you edit it, and you put it out for people to consume for free. So yeah. the product doesn't have any of those working parts but you still get the fire inside of building a business yeah but then the building the business end is all the emails and getting you know deals and handling yeah. that and making sure you're paid and making sure you have enough for every video and you know just attaching it creatively oh what would work for this oh what's this brand want from us oh what could we do you know there are different working parts but to me they're better working parts things mm -hmm. i enjoy more and i appreciate more well, it was the whole saying from Eric Worre and when we were in network <laughs> marketing. He goes, network marketing is not perfect. It's just better yeah. than a portion. If you are the type of person that wants sales and marketing, yep. it's not perfect. It's better yep. because there's like no ceiling. There's room to, you know, there, if, if you're into that. Same thing with content creation. It's not perfect, but it's better. Well, and even in network marketing, which was interesting, there was always a main headquarter company that did you know, the shipping that handled the whole back office, all of that, the payment. Like if you are someone who you're like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, but you don't want to do traditional. I understand that statement. It's not perfect. It's better because you don't have to deal with any of that stuff. You, you're yet again, that there, the network marketing system is mitigating the risk because they're handling mm -hmm. everything I just talked about of Kathy's cupcakes. Yep. They're doing that. You get to do the fun marketing and sales portion, but you're still working with hundreds of people you're still dealing with a physical product right. that people may or may not like the shipping there's a lot to it so it's just really really interesting that this field has now come about because it literally is traditional entrepreneurship and acting have smashed yeah. together and created content creation which is exactly like if i was in high school and someone's like what do you want to do for a living it is content creation yeah. It but you exactly didn't know back then because it wasn't a thing. Exist. That's crazy. It is the perfect ingredients of like like a Cobb salad. Like every little thing in it yeah. makes it so good. And that's what content creation is for me. But you, you want to hear something crazy? Back when we were in high school, everything that we do did not exist. No. Podcasting, content creation, Instagram influencing, fashion blogging. Like none of that existed. That's wild. What's yeah. going to happen in 10 more years? Well, I have to do more research on this, but there's, um, there's, uh, and just a ton. 
Mm-hmm. Like th- we, we thought that we were saying goodbye. Like we're all nostalgic about, oh, growing up in the early 2000s or the 90s. Like uh, it's going to be, <laughs> that was 25 years ago. That's crazy. It took 25 years for us to feel the world is no longer like that. It's going to take just 10 next time, five next time, then every year. Mm. Because the, the technology, Mark Cuban literally was saying, he goes, when AI is actually in our world, he goes, it is going to change our lives more drastically than the internet and social media ever could. Oof. That's a Oof. big statement. Yeah. Because we're used to social media. There yeah. was literally a time, think about it, in 1995, none of this existed. Yep. Think about how much we spend all of our time in the internet. You're either watching Netflix, you're on a computer program, you're on the internet, you're on your cell phone, you're on your AirPods, you're on an app, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok, you're working from Zoom, everything, none of this existed and it is our whole world now. So once we move into virtual reality in 10 years, we are going to spend almost all of our time in it. Yeah. Because how much do we really spend on our computers and on our cell phones today? I mean, we were listening to something, I can't remember, maybe you will, but they said that we're already part cyborg because we are always on our phones. Like, this is attached to everyone. Yes. Like, if you have any downtime, even when I went to let him out once we had started the pod, I came back up, you were on TikTok. You're not going to just sit here in your thoughts and go, "Hmm, hmm, hmm, hmm." hmm-hmm-hmm. And you also checked the weather. We just checked with Siri. We checked all the... The heights of all the women. So I'm saying it's... I don't mean that you're sitting alone in your bed on TikTok for six hours, but I mean you Zooming at work, you being watching a Netflix thing, a movie. Everything, we are not here. Yeah. Being here in the real world yeah. is sitting with a friend having a cup of coffee for an hour yep. or laying out in the sun or shoveling the driveway or being out and camping. That's life. Yep. We're way more virtual. Yeah. And we're not submersed yet, but we're kind of. Yeah. In 10 years, we will be submersed <laughs> and it's Contact going to be lenses. more exciting because there are all these different. And another thing too with like blockchain, that's going to be the better internet. And then they're going to rebuild everything we do now but on the blockchain in a safer way it's the same thing with with elon musk going to mars they're gonna do re, redo earth up there crazy but it's i don't know if it's gonna be better it's gonna be freaking different i'll tell you that but with with the blockchain with everything that's coming in the future um money's gonna change there's gonna be like i even heard facebook might have their own crypto like mm. there's gonna be uh, where people are paying with digital currencies and different companies are gonna have that and then I've heard a lot about NFTs, which we have to do research on. It's non-fungible tokens. Hmm. And Gary Vee was basically in the one little clip, but I seen Logan Paul already made like millions of dollars on one. Um, they're not real coins, but they're having value based on their scarcity, kind of like how Supreme built their whole brand off of um, scarcity, just like how there's, right. not, there's, a, there's not an unlimited amount of Bitcoin. So that's what gives it value. There's not an unlimited amount of beachfront property in Malibu, which gives right. that value. Um, so NFTs, from my understanding, are something digital that is scarce that people are going to trade and it's going to have value. Because Gary goes, well, it's not real. He's like, but how valuable are blue check marks to people hmm. on Instagram? Mm-hmm. But they're not real. But here's my question to you, because even when everything just happened in Texas with the snowstorm... I remember reading and seeing a lot about, you know, obviously all of the power was out. So when you were going to different stores to get water, to get food, 
they only accepted cash because they had no power. So mm -hmm. if we're a digital world and everything crashes, how are people going to be able to get goods? Like that's the only thing until there's a full proof way like that things but, can't crash. But I also think credit cards and debit cards. Hey Siri, when was the first credit card available to the public? Okay. I found this on the web for when was the first credit card available to the public. The first Check charge card was issued in 1950 and the first credit card appeared. So whether that's true or not, uh, 1950, um, there's been people being able to use credit cards for at least 50 years if you, or even 70 if that's true. And there's still cash. There's still gold. Yeah. So I still think it's going to be like 50 oh, wow. years before they get rid of credit cards. Maybe credit cards will go before like cash but cash isn't going to go because of the value there's going to be something that happens in value too and there's mm -hmm. going to be something about the fact of the the if you really think about it like every country in the world has their own currency like i, th I wonder if there's going to be a time in the future whether it's 100 years that there's just one global currency and i wonder if there's going to be one global language or or because no. of technology languages are will be translated automatically for you through That's what whatever happen. yeah but um that. the global currency is also interesting like the fact when you go to china or you go anywhere we had to like exchange our money for their money and like Unless people are just making all of the... these governments came together which they won't that will never happen there's no way there's no way i just really think that there's a a better world that everyone could live in i think there's enough resources there's enough money there's enough good people yeah. that the entire world could be educated could be healthy maybe on mars <laughs> come I on Elon. i just think that there <laughs> it's just there's too many people who are power hungry yeah. and they want to keep it for themselves and i just it's just so crazy to me but there's definitely abundance um that the world could be but yeah mars is going to be really interesting to see what they're going to do there and how long that'll actually take i think we'll see it in our lifetime i definitely think we'll sure. see um you know I, I, you know, it's going to take three months to get there. But that also, too, circles back to what we were talking about earlier, how human behavior is always going to be human behavior. And people are always, it doesn't matter when, people are always going to be hungry for power or money or greed. I mean, we've seen it since humans were a thing. So what's going to change to make it so that that isn't the reality anymore? Human behavior is always going to be that. If you have a group of people stuck in an island, there's going to be the leader. There's going to be that alpha who steps up. And it's just how we work as humans, survival That's of the fittest. That's how it will be. It's, yeah. just, it's just allowing an alpha with empathy and who cares about others and who isn't a narcissist to rise to the top. Because if there's enough narcissists together, they're going to manipulate the whole thing. Because I think a lot about our history, that if you, if God forbid something happened to the whole world, and the United States was the only thing left on Earth. Mm -hmm. And Elon Musk is like, well, we're going to Mars. And we had like 30 days to get there and everything was going to be over. Depending on who was in charge, who got to Mars and their political views on what they believe history is and what they want to share. Right. They would educate this new planet on what the past used to be. Mm -hmm. There are some people, if you want to use politics, that are going to say Donald Trump was our king. And that would be what would be taught in the history books. Hmm. Other people would say he was Hitler. And that would be what was taught. Right. If there was no way to verify it. Right. So it makes you think about history hmm. 10,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Who was passing these stories along? Yeah. And how true are these stories yeah. when we can't even get a true story about anything? 
It's telephone all day. All day long, but in a way that you can't even research back then. Oof. 2,000 years ago, how did people even, I mean, how, who, what? I know. That's crazy. So it makes you wonder, like, what made it? What's real? Yeah. <laughs> what is all Who this? created the story? How many of it's real and how many of it is an exaggeration? Yep. Because in every situation, there is a leader and a leader shares their beliefs with people who are following them. So all of those people now believe that about whatever this one person is. Based on the way they communicate and storytell yes. and market their ideas yes. to influence somebody yes. else's mind. Sell or be sold. Sell or be sold. That's what it is. But I think of things like that. Yeah. Where I don't look at, like I, I don't look at, like I used to as a kid. I felt that I was a, this like, you know, person in this world that I was like, wow. Like, and once you start learning and researching, you start understanding that I, like someone just created, made all this up. Mm -hmm. Like everything, I've said this before, everything in this room was created by somebody. Yeah. That was a famous Steve Jobs yeah. saying. He goes, everything in Gosh. this world was created by someone no smarter than yourself. Yeah. And so you start realizing that the laws, the 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 inventions, the, the everything yep. is completely, people just got together and go, this is probably the best, right? <laughs> And, yeah. and then you just did. So I, 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 can, I, I don't just play by the rules. I play in a polite society by the rules. But I understand that I can make a huge positive change in the world. Everyone who's listening, you and I, our parents, friends, anybody can literally change the world. Because there's been people who've come along who've done that. Of course. And we, we don't just have to live in this world that other people created. We can create but it starts with you at home because if you do it, then your friends start seeing it and they're influenced. Then they're doing what you're doing. Then yes. it's like a ripple effect. And then that's how you get the big scale. It starts yes. with you and your actions. So, And, and that is the, the, the flip-flop of one of the contributing factors to the polarization in our country is people are trying to change the world instead of first changing themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you were not going to get someone to join your team by being a hateful bully. Mm -mm. There's people on both sides being hateful bullies saying that side's wrong. We're better. They're all terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to be part of anyone's circle who's calling the other side terrible and evil. Yeah. You're not being inspirational and making me want to join your squad. Yep. <laughs> you have to first clean your porch, then your street, and then the whole world will be clean if everyone did it. Yep. So you have to work on yourself, but people don't want to do that. It's hard. But it's not marketed to. No, that's true too. That, that's that, The powers that be, unfortunately, do not push the what's best for us. Because they want control. There, there is they the, don't want to lose especially power. Especially in this whole like pandemic too, which is really frustrating, is Joe Rogan has said this too. He's like, not once has anybody come on and talked about your health. It's always anytime there's any airtime. It's like you got to wear two masks. You got to stay away from people. There's never anyone who's mm -hmm. like, hey, two masks, stay away from people. You got to cut out the fast food. Hmm. You, you, you have to cut out the consumption of alcohol. Cut it down. You need to go and exercise. Let's show you some graphs of exercising. Let's show you some things of how this can help you. Take some vitamin C. Here's a couple things of vitamin D. They can't do that. Because the people who are funding all of the platforms for them mm. to do that are the fast foods, the pharmaceutical companies. You can't. There you go. You can't tell people not to eat McDonald's on a global government level. Yep. When they're the part of the biggest food chain in the world. So no one, no one's telling people how to be healthy. 
But that too is why politics is so messy. You know what's even messier since this is tax season? <laughs> that pisses me off. You know in other countries, some other countries, uh-huh. the government just sends you, I think in Japan, they send you a postcard on tax day. And it goes, mm. this is what you've made. This is what's been reported. This is what we think you owe. If you find this to be correct, sign it and send it back in and you're done. If you don't think it's correct, then you go and do your taxes in a different way to huh. prove why it's not. 90% of people who work know their taxes. Yeah. It's very simple. But the IRS knows. So everyone who sent us our, our W-9s and all that stuff, or whatever the hell they're called, the IRS got them too. The IRS knows what Freddie Smith made in 2020, but I have to figure it out and pay people to put it in there and see if it's correct. Yeah. And if it's not, they come after you and penalize you. But the reason is that all the turbo taxes, H&R Blocks, economy, are multi-billion want, dollar yeah. companies that are lobbying against that bill ever being passed because they will lose their multi-billion dollar business. So they care about making money and will spin it in a nice way. Be like, we don't want that to be mistakes. Here at H&R Block, it's $40. You're going to get a professional that's going to help you because we want you to go spend time with your kids. Show a couple with their kids. Spend time. <laughs> they're in the garden. You don't need to be spend time doing taxes. That's our job. That's why we're TurboTax. So join today for free. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was that little thing they sped up at the end? Oh, it's only seven days free. Then they charge you $30 a month. Yep. It's just a big scam. <laughs> It's all a big scam. <laughs> Why did George Carlin say the red, white, and blue scam? Is that what he called it? Yeah. He calls it the, uh, uh, or no, he goes, it's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. <laughs> George Carlin, though, I've been trying to get you to watch him for 10 years, and now I have such more of appreciation because this guy in the early 2000s, late 90s, was literally calling all of this stuff out. Yeah in a funny way about politicians, about the list goes on about big business, about the advertising. Mm -hmm. And that is the, the biggest thing to really start thinking about is when you start realizing that everything is marketing and everything is advertising, things start to become more clear where you go. It doesn't necessarily mean what they're saying is truth or a lie. They just care about selling you a narrative. That's going to help the people who are making the money. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything, yeah. everything is sales. Everything, and it's easier to always say when you're when you're talking about politics. It's easier to talk about because it's very clear that, that you you're up there and you're just selling an idea. There are literally people who are saying this water is the worst, this water is the best, and then here's why. So whoever can sell you better, yeah. you'll believe. Yeah. But we don't work in a society where they're just like, well, this actually, if you look at all of the ingredients or you look at the process, this one's actually the best because it's better for the environment. It's healthier for you. It uh, uh, it serves more jobs. It has like no one's looking at the actual numbers. No. That's why I enjoyed Andrew Yang. He was the only person. He's not really a politician that ever came in and goes, I'm the numbers guy. I go, me too. <laughs> he goes, we have to talk about the country's health not based on just GDP but on how many people are graduating high school how many people are are, are off of substance abuse mm-hmm. how many people are are committing suicide how many people like you like your country's well-being shouldn't be and I love money yeah. but it shouldn't be judged on how rich you are it should be how are your kids doing in school how happy are people how many suicides are down this year how much substance abuse is down this year what are the numbers of, of unemployment what's the numbers like the numbers yep the numbers. Yep. There's clear numbers 
but they're going to hire a scientist to go against it and a scientist on this side to argue, and then you just pick. Yep. Do you want scientist Bob or scientist Bill? <laughs> and if you pick Bill, there's a big group of people that are just like you. If you pick Bob, there's a lot of people just like you. The truth's in the middle. Are we ever going to get there? Time will tell. I don't know, but everything's marketing. Yeah. Everything's marketing. <laughs> well, well, well. So we went to Disney Springs, <laughs> and um, we got the best donut. And I got to see uh, Mickey and a little Cinderella. Um, no, I'll leave you guys with these uh, words of wisdom from Freddie Smith. When we were in Disney, we got a photo of him in front of a red M&M and a yellow M&M. Do they have names? No. And this was what Freddie Smith posted. If Alyssa Tabin and I were M&Ms, I'd be the red one. Insert photo. Just give me post-production work. Yes. Now I have to post-production the photo in. Yes. And I've never seen anything more true because the fact you're wearing a red t-shirt is life. It's perfect. But that is us. That is us. Let's yeah. l- let's leave them with the faces. I'm the yellow. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>